Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, that's where we're going to camp out this morning, back in the Gospel of John. The next several chapters, from now till the end of the book, we're in the last week of Jesus' life, up to the crucifixion, then the resurrection. John chapter 12. If you're there, say word. Stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's Word. We're just going to read verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped His feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of His disciples, he who was about to betray Him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you would add a blessing upon it. Use me as you see fit. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday, 18 of us went to the busiest abortion clinic in the southeast, which is in Charlotte. And we partnered with this ministry called Love Life Charlotte. And what we did was we prayed for the abortionists of the abortion clinic, for God to transform them, to change their hearts, for the employees who are working there for the same reason, for the moms who are contemplating abortion, And the dads, and uh, I believe they said that there were around 15 people, I'm sorry, 15 babies scheduled to be aborted yesterday. We prayed for God to shut down the abortion clinic in whatever means necessary. We we prayed that that moms and dads coming to the abortion clinic would see that there are other options. We prayed that God would raise up the churches in the area to make a stand for life. There was one time after the prayer walk where we all came back to the gathering site, and the guy who was heading this whole thing up, his name's Andre, he, uh, he was having a lady give her testimony. Well, over next to the group is this, is this RV. It's a real nice RV, and it's been changed into a mobile unit that has a... Um, ultrasound machine on it um, to where if anybody is contemplating abortion, they can um, actually, well, anybody, but at the abortion clinic, they have the opportunity to step onto this RV and get an ultrasound. And, and it's a Christian-based ministry that runs this RV. And, and the hope is that the mother would change her mind. 
Well, as the lady was giving her testimony, I was standing with my friend Mike Medeiros. He's the pastor over at Highland Baptist Church of, of Stanley County. And, and uh, we both noticed a woman and a man who got out of their car and was being escorted to the RV. This woman who is pregnant is about to have an ultrasound. They saw the RV as they were coming to the abortion clinic to have an abortion. So we prayed, we prayed, and we prayed. We prayed that God would grab their hearts and show them that what was inside was not a fetus, but was a living being, a person, a child. As we had all gotten home yesterday afternoon after filling up on Chick-fil-A and relaxing, and I'm sure Tommy took a nap, and we're all chilling out uh, at our own homes, I'm assuming, and we all get a text message, or some of us did. Frida texted me. Frida's friends with uh, Mark Little, pastor at Silver Springs Baptist Church, and, and uh, she told me that he had let her know that the couple that went on the RV to have the ultrasound decided to choose life. They made a commitment to keep the child, a devotion. They became devoted to that child. And it was amazing to read that text message. I barely could read it after I read it the first time because I was just... <laughs> but Today I want to talk to you about a woman who has expressed extravagant devotion to Jesus. Now, as you probably know me, hopefully you do, I don't usually plan special messages on Mother's Day and Father's Day because I like to just stick with the text. And uh, but like last Father's Day, we landed on John three sixteen, talking about God's the Father's extravagant love for His children. And then today we land on John twelve, where we're looking at a woman's devotion to Jesus. But this message is not for mothers only. It's not for women only. This message is for all of us here in this room. I'm hoping as you walk out of this room today you see that you need to be more like Mary in this passage. We all in here are devoted to something, am I right? We all have a devotion to something. When we think of the word devoted, we think of commitment. We think of dedication. Devotion. We find something of supreme value when we say that we are devoted to it. For example, I'm devoted to my wife. She might disagree, but I'm devoted to her. I love my wife. I find great value in my wife. I treasure her. I want to keep her and hold on to her. I want to make her happy. I want to serve her. I want to help her. I want to make her dreams come true. Marrying me was not one of them. But I am devoted to my wife. Who or what are you devoted to this morning? You may claim to be devoted to Christ. But my question to you is, are you really? Are you truly devoted to your spouse, to your kids, to your job, to your church? I want to look at just two characters out of this passage. Just two characters. We're going to look at Mary and we're going to look at Judas. 
I want to show you what true and false devotion looks like. All right. So the big idea, it's, it's in your sermon notes. It's going to be on, on the screen. The big idea I want you to leave this building this morning with is this. Devotion to Christ is enjoying Christ and not enduring Christ. Devotion to Christ is enjoying Christ and not enduring Christ. We were at Kabuto's Friday night. Uh, my wife, being a pastor's wife, Mother's Day, she doesn't really get a day to herself because in the mornings we're at church, Sunday lunch we're at my mom's, Sunday dinner we're at her mom's. And so we kind of just make a weekend of it and just spend time. So Friday night we went to Kabuto's. And our kids love Kabuto's. Um, Trevin, every time the fire goes, his eyes get real big and loves it. But as we're at Kabuto's, you know how they give you a lot of food, right? Man, all the food. And being the biggest guy at the table, they give you the extra food. Love it. So we're, <laughs> so we're sitting there, and uh, he had just finished cooking, and we had all of our food. And I had my rice, my noodles, my steak, my shrimp, and then my vegetables. Picked up my plate, and I leaned it over to Jaden. I said, Jaden, do you want my vegetables? And my wife said, no, you need to eat your vegetables. And I made this statement, and this is where I got the big idea from. I said, I would rather somebody enjoy my vegetables than endure them. Jaden enjoys them, I endure them. Sometimes we may think that we're enjoying Christ, where we are finding joy in Christ, but in reality, we're only enduring Him. We're going to talk more about what I mean by that. In, in the narrative here, in John 12, Mary is enjoying Christ. She's at His feet. She's serving Him. She's expressing her love towards Him. But we see Judas's reaction to this display of worship. And his expression is not one of enjoying Christ, but rather enduring Christ. Now, let's look at what I mean. Verses 1 and 2. Six days before the Passover... Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. <clears throat> we see here that this is taking place right after the, the resurrection of Lazarus. All right, John 11, what comes next? John 12, John 11, resurrection of Lazarus, John 12. Let's celebrate what Jesus did by resurrecting Lazarus. So they threw a party. We see Martha was cooking. Lazarus was reclining at, at, at the table. I mean, the guy has been has had it rough lately. He just died. He rose again. He's chilling. And then we see Mary. And what's Mary doing? She's at the feet of Jesus. She's taking this ointment and she's rubbing it on Jesus' feet here. Now, Mary is enjoying Christ. She has found true value in Him. She sees Him as her treasure. Now, He has just raised Lazarus from the dead. And the sisters have seen that. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, they witness that. And all they want to do is they want to serve Him. So Martha's in the kitchen cooking. 
Mary takes this expensive ointment. This stuff costs around 300 denarii, which is close to a year's worth of wages. Church, a year's worth of wages. Could you imagine taking something that costs your yearly salary and rubbing it on someone's feet? I can barely get my wife to rub my feet with nothing. She won't go near them. But here we have Mary rubbing this very expensive ointment onto Jesus' feet. A couple of things here. First, we see a courageous devotion. Courageous devotion. Let's look back at chapter 11, the last verse, verse 57. You shouldn't have to go far says this, now the chief priests and the Pharisees... Now this is after Jesus rose Lazarus from the, from the dead. Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. Mary and Martha and Lazarus are all showing courageous devotion here because they're spending time with Jesus. There's people looking for him. There's people saying, if anybody knows where he is or what he's doing, arrest them. This is courageous devotion. Are you devoted to anything that you'd risk everything for? It's Mother's Day. Mothers, are you devoted to your kids to the point to where you'd risk anything for them? I know my mom would. She wouldn't let me play football because she thought she'd have to run out onto the sidelines to yell at the players tackling me. I was the second, the second biggest guy in my class. And she wouldn't let me play football. I don't hold any type of resentment towards that. But I, I witnessed devotion from my mom. I witnessed devotion from my wife to my kids. She loves my kids. She'll do anything for my kids. I think she loves my kids more than she loves me. That's true. That's devotion. Are you devoted to anything that you'd risk everything for? What about your family? What about your faith? Are you as devoted to your faith that you're willing to risk anything and everything for it? You willing to risk your job for it? Are you willing to risk relationships for it? You willing to risk your life for it? What about the other things? What about sin? Because a lot of times we show our devotion to sin, right? By doing it all the time. About your money, your lifestyle. See here in, in, in John 12, they see Jesus is worth the risk. Their courage in their devotion should be inspiring to us. Because, church, let me tell you, the 18 of us that went to the abortion clinic yesterday, we took a risk. People hated the fact that we were out there. I believe I saw one car drive by giving us a hand expression that they shouldn't have given us. 
Are you willing to take the risk for your faith? Second, we see not only a courageous devotion from Mary, we see a sacrificial devotion. This was expensive ointment. 300 denarii. That's a year's worth of your salary. She made that kind of sacrifice for the sake of the one she's devoted to. Now, listen, we don't know if, uh, if this family is wealthy. Some commentators would say that, that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, they were a wealthy family, but we don't know that. Some people would say that th- this could have been a family heirloom. We don't know that. But what we do know is that she freely and sacrificially gave it to Jesus. And not just give it to Him, she rubbed it on His feet. So let me ask you, what is your most prized possession? What do you treasure most? What possession do you hold most dear? Is it your money, your job, your lifestyle? What if you started... Let me me take the you away. What if we, what if we started making the sacrifices to give in such a way that it is out of love for Jesus. We are we can be so stingy with what we have to give. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about our time. I'm talking about our energy. I'm talking about our possessions. If you have money, are you giving it? If you have a good job, are you serving? Our most prized possession in this life is our time. Do you know that? It's the only thing we have in this life to where when we spend it, we can't get it back. Our time. So how are you using it out of love for Jesus? We need people here at Red Cross to give their time to serve. We are in desperate need of more children's and nursery workers. We are. The handful of those that are are doing it are getting burnt out. They may be in the service one Sunday out of the month. We need more security team workers. We need more people who are willing to spend time with our shut-ins. We need people in our church who are willing to give everything to serve. Christ didn't sacrifice everything for us so that we can sit in a pew and listen to a mediocre sermon. I'm going to say that again. Christ did not give everything for us so that we can sit in a pew and listen to a mediocre sermon. Christ gave everything for us so that we could give. Christ served so that we could serve. He died so that we could live. You may say that you are devoted to Jesus, but are you really? 
You may be devoted to Jesus between 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock on Sunday mornings, but what about the other hours throughout the week? Mary is devoted to Jesus. What have you sacrificed so that the mission of Christ may continue in the church? What have you given up so that the gospel can be made known? If we want to be a growing, living, and surviving church, then we need to be a sacrificing church. I was talking to a guy. He's a, a friend from my last church. And uh, he, uh, he, I ran into him at Walmart. And uh, he, he told me, he said, he looked on the website uh, that was uh, given. Uh, they, they sell commercial property. And he said, I can't believe the amount of church property that's for sale. The amount of church buildings that have gone vacant that are for sale. Church, if we're not a sacrificing church, we're going to be a dead church. If we're not a, a giving and a serving church, we're going to be a dying church. So what are we doing? What are we doing if all we are doing is attending Sunday mornings to get our Jesus box checked off? That's not devotion. That's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is saying that I'm giving everything that I am to the mission of Jesus Christ. Every bit of money I have is yours, Jesus. Every piece of of, of property I own, every, every possession I have, every second of my time is yours, Jesus. And this, this does not just look like as in serving the church. I'm talking about moms who are devoted to serving their families. I'm talking about dads who are devoted to leading and discipling their kids. I'm talking about people who are willing to cheerfully give in the time of need. This is Mary's devotion. Is it yours? Thirdly, we see that Mary has a courageous devotion. She has a sacrificial devotion. She also has a humble devotion. She's at the feet of Jesus. This, isn't, this is something interesting. It was considered beneath people to wash the feet of others. But Mary is washing the feet of Jesus. This is how beneath people it, it was. Even slaves had rights to where they did not have to wash the feet of their masters. That's how beneath people washing the feet of someone else is. But Mary is, is at the feet of Jesus. Why? She's humbly serving Him. This is an act of service. She is giving up her rights before her Savior. She's given up everything she is to serve Jesus. And within her humility, we see that she lets her hair down. This was unheard of. You don't let your hair down in public. Men can divorce their wives 
for letting their hair down in public. This was unheard of. But her letting her hair down to wipe Jesus' feet expressed her love to Jesus. It expressed how safe she felt in the presence of Jesus, knowing that Jesus was not going to ridicule her for doing that. So church, we see that Mary expressed her joy in Christ, her devotion to Him. And look at what happens at the end of verse 3. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Mary, who expressed her devotion to Jesus, the entire house smelled it. Church, imagine the fragrant devotion that you could show people by your devotion to Christ. People can tell. Imagine the blessing of this church. Because this smelled good in the house. They enjoyed that smell. It's a, it's a rich smell. Imagine the church if we were a sacrificial, courageous, humble, devoted church, imagine the fragrance, the aroma through here that would please God. So we see Mary. Well, wow, I got three minutes. Man, I shouldn't have told you all that. All right. Let's look at Judas real quick. I should have just done a sermon on Mary then. Judas, he does not enjoy Christ, he endures Christ. All right? Now, I'm going to David Platt this thing, all right? It's going to go pretty quick. Verse five or ver verse 4, But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now, you would think if you just stopped at verse 5, huh, you know, Judas has a real good point there. Why wasn't that money sold and given to the poor? It could have been used for a better purpose maybe. Look at verse 6. John knew why he said this. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Judas was a thief. This was selfish. So we see first that Judas has a covetous endurance. He has a greedy endurance. He wants to, he, he's serving Christ to gain his own personal gain. He's enduring Christ so that he can get rich. You see, Judas was hoping that Jesus was going to be this famous guy who was just going to have money thrown at, thrown at him in leadership, a king. And Judas was, was hopefully thinking that he was going to have money as well. But now he sees after chapter 11, huh, people want to kill Jesus. What am I going to do now? How about I just start taking money out of the money bag? Now, church, you might think, well, this doesn't per portray to me. I'm not stealing money from the church. You might not be stealing money from the church because if you, if you were, Ernie would know about it. But you might be enduring Jesus instead of enjoying Him in the sense that you are only claiming to follow Christ because you want the benefits of Christ. 
Why do you, why do you follow Christ? Because you want heaven? That's, that's enduring Jesus. I'm enduring this. I'm coming to church. I'm, I'm enduring church. I'm enduring the Bible. I'm enduring all this because I just want to have heaven and not hell. But church, we're not called to endure Christ. We're called to enjoy Christ. We're called to enjoy the Savior. Our joy is to be in Him. But Judas was greedy. He was, he was wanting selfish gain. The second thing, he has a selfish endurance. He's not thinking about the other people. He, he's not thinking about the poor. He's thinking about himself. Why are you willing to... Or why didn't you sell this for 300 denarii? I mean, that's a year's worth of salary, guys. Can you imagine what Judas was thinking? Imagine the money that could have gone in that money bag. But church, we have this same selfish endurance sometimes too. We think it's all about us. We think church is all about us. We get, in, in the, we get into this mentality of, I don't want this to happen because I like it this way. We get into this mentality of, I don't want to follow Christ. I just want to sit in a pew and be happy. That's a selfish endurance. Christ has called us to be sacrificial. You'll be surprised how many Judases are in the church as a whole. And thirdly, he has a hateful endurance because of his covetous nature and his selfish nature. He has a hateful nature. He doesn't love Jesus. He's not in it because he loves Jesus. He hates Jesus. In fact, we're going to see here that he... He is judging Mary for not selling the ointment for 300 denarii, but he's willing to trade the Savior for 30 pieces of silver. Church, we need to have a Mary attitude. And to the men in, in here who are like, I don't want a Mary attitude, we need to have a Mary attitude. We need to enjoy Christ. That's what we're called to do. We're called to have a courageous devotion, a sacrificial devotion, and a humble devotion. But here's the thing. If you feel like you're more towards Judas, there's grace at the cross. There's grace at the cross. Judas never experienced that grace. Judas never experienced that repentance. But you can. You can. So church, do you have a merry attitude? And I'm not talking Christmassy. Do you have a merry attitude? I'm talking to the husbands, to the wives, to the parents, to the kids. I'm talking if you're a student or a teacher or if you got a job with authority or a job serving under authority, do you have a merry attitude? And most importantly, as a follower of Christ, is your joy in Him. I pray that it, that it is. If not, there's grace. I pray that you would come. pray that you would repent. pray that you would get back on track with Christ. pray that you would come to know Him today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for who You are. We thank You 
that you have given us grace and mercy and love. And Lord, I pray that we have the devotion that Mary has. I pray that, Lord, we would have that sacrificial, humble devotion towards you. God, I pray that you would use us, use this church. pray that you would continue growing us uh, within your word, within our holiness. I pray, God, that you would use us as you see fit. Grab the hearts of those in, in this room who are Judases. Help them to know that you are there, that you love them, that there's grace, that there's mercy. God, I pray that you would do something today. In your son's precious name we pray.